The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. We spent quite a bit of time on yesterday's programme talking about the incidents in the Cherry Orchard area of Ballyfermot on Monday evening when, of course, two cars were involved in ramming a Garda car. But as we learned, this is not actually an exception. It's something that happens on a regular occasion. We've two guests with us in a moment. We'll talk to Brendan O'Connor, Vice President of the Garda Representative Association. But first, Dr Johnny Connolly is from the School of Law at the University of Limerick. And in 2019, he published some very interesting research into antisocial behaviour in Dublin's South City area, including Ballyfermot, in which amongst the findings were the uh, that criminal gangs deliberately engage in antisocial behaviour as a mechanism to maintain control over an area and to facilitate further criminal activities. Johnny, can you explain that a bit more for us, please? Okay, well, good evening, Matt. Um, yeah, that, that, what that study suggested was that now, it, that study was focused on criminal networks throughout Dublin, South Central, a lot of them involved in, in drug-related crime and drug supply. Um, and one of the one of the things it suggested or that came out from it and from a, a number of focus groups I conducted, it was based on um, Garda data, some of it uh, reported uh, crimes, uh, Garda intelligence, and then focus groups with uh, local with, with with local sort of activists and community workers. It was a, it was a study that was originally commissioned by what was called the Four Fora Network, which were um, sort of community based community based uh, uh, groups across uh, Ballyfermot, uh, Chapel Lizard, and um, the South Inner City, uh, Drimna, Crumlin, and um, so so one of the things that came out of it, uh, and it was a small study, but one of the things that came out of it was that for for a lot of, say, people who are involved in sort of organised crime, you know, this type of behaviour is not something that they want. And, you know, so so there were certain areas or certain streets that were controlled. So, so things like joyriding and behaviours like that weren't tolerated by those involved in the criminal networks because they attracted the guards, they attracted uh, police attention, which is to put it simply, not good for business. So that was one of the, the things that came out of it. So when when I saw about this uh, uh, yesterday, I was I was sort of slightly surprised. But um, but that was because it sort of went contrary to those to those findings. But sir, one of the other findings you had, which really struck me, was that you had suggested organised confrontations with Gardaí, either in patrol cars or on the beat, to make certain locations no go areas for policing. Yeah, I mean, and, and also it's, it's it's again like one of the reasons that the that the the four foreign network set up this um, are, are sort of asked me to get involved with it and to, to conduct the research was because as far as they were concerned, um, that a lot of these local areas were looking inwards, and as far as they were concerned, that a lot of these networks work right across the whole of Dublin South Central, and they were organised to a degree, but the response wasn't organized so when you think about say drug dealing for example i mean that's an organized activity that does involve preparation and planning and so if you can distract um you know the the guards away from what you're doing into somewhere else well that's a sort of a fairly conscious it's a conscious activity that you're 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 getting involved in and uh, so so that would be a part of it as well i think 
if that's what if that's what the question is. Okay, Brendan O'Connor, as vice president of the Garda Representative Association, it was suggested to us last night that there is deliberate ramming of Garda cars because then the criminals or the joyriders or whoever know that those cars are going to be out of action for a while and will not be replaced. Would you agree that that's likely to happen? Well, I suppose um, what you're dealing with, Matt, is when you're dealing with people who are involved in criminal activity, they're very conscious of the guards, they're very conscious of our movements, of our actions and, and how we behave. So they would study patterns no more than anyone else that's involved in any business. So there's, it's certainly conceivable that criminals and people involved in crime would be aware of, of how their actions might impact. And I mean, it, it doesn't take a rocket science to work out that if you disable a guard, a car is going to be out of service and there's only finite resources and a limited number of vehicles available at any one time. So certainly that wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility. But whether we either specific intelligence indicating that, I wouldn't be in a position to uh, speculate on. Do you need different cars? different types of cars because a lot of people were also looking at the Garda car involved and saying it was nothing really more than a family saloon car do you need some sort of reinforced vehicles jeeps like they might have maybe up in the north or in the UK well certainly I mean the the stronger the vehicle and the more the more protection it would provide for its, for its occupants but I mean really you're getting into the realm there where you're having going to have to start, start looking at issues like public safety and the safety of the offenders I mean okay these people are committing crime but whether you know you can just send out guards in, in cars that have used effectively as baton ramps that's a whole different conversation but certainly you would agree that we do need stronger better cars that can't be disabled so easy and I mean Going back maybe 20 years ago, some guard vehicles were modified and were strengthened with, with, with more reinforcements. But again, things have evolved as regards health and safety. But there are police-specific vehicles available that come from manufacturers that have added layers of protection. We certainly think that they, they need to be looked at. There certainly needs to be a new approach to see because what is, it is in place isn't working, as we saw, and is very vulnerable. And if we're talking about um, organised criminals who wish to disable the guard response identifying weaknesses in the fleet or in the non-fleet and they're exploiting that, well, there's certainly something could be done. So certainly we've always caused for for, for vehicles that offer better protection. Okay, are there certain areas of the country now that are almost no-go areas for policing? No, I don't think that's ever the case. And I mean, what we saw the other night was, was, was... a very extreme example of how hostile a crowd could become and while we would be critical of the ability to respond to initial incident, I mean the guards did um, get to get, get an appropriate response and mobilise response in time and go in and deal with the crowd or, the, or the, what was left of the crowd so I don't, I, there's no place in Ireland that is a no-go area for a guard Okay but how widespread is the type of activity seen in Cherry Orchard even if it doesn't necessarily involve the ramming of a guard car we're getting reports now from all over the country of cars getting stolen and being used for reckless driving, as such as we saw the other night. Well, cars, the theft of cars and the use of them for this sort of behaviour actually was, was, was a very big phenomenon in the 90s and that. And it seemed to teeter off there because I, I, the security of vehicles improved and, and most vehicles now are come with a manufacturers with immobilisers. And that's so there's a particular category of vehicle, I believe, that are vulnerable to these attacks, which is, is coming, becoming some of, of an upsurge. But certainly the, the feedback from our members in certain suburbs and certain places around the country, it, it seems to be um, 
I, in certain areas, this behaviour prevails, and it certainly it wasn't an isolated incident. But again, this comes back to a problem that, you know, the guards aren't collating enough data. We should actually have this data available. We can we can tell you how many checkpoints were carried out. We can tell you how many speeders were checked on the bank holiday weekend. It's something like this that compromises the, the safety of communities and compromises the safety of guards. Uh, we don't have uh, adequate and, and accurate data on it. So that's something that, that, that the, the, the organisation needs to look at and, and really establish the level of the problem rather than having relying on speculation and anecdotal evidence. But certainly the anecdotal evidence is that it's not an uncommon occurrence. It's something that is, is a cause of concern for our members. Thank you very much, uh, Brendan O'Connor, GRA Vice President, Dr. Johnny Connolly from the School of Law at the University of Limerick. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today,